You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. above every name. In what name can you be baptized? Taking away all sins in the name of? In what name is there healing in the house today? In whose presence will we be for eternity? To whom do you give glory and honor this morning? Lord, we celebrate your goodness this day. We worship and magnify you. Your name is high and holy and majestic, O Lord. We bring every imagination down to the name of Jesus. We surrender our heart and our emotions to your name. We surrender every action and every behavior belongs to you. For this we give you glory and honor. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. 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 In Acts chapter number 10, it said, While Peter yet spake these words, Holy Spirit fell on them. I am not uh, the Apostle Peter nor an Apostle at all. But I believe the same Spirit of Almighty God is in the house today as it was in Cornelius' house. And if you're in need of something from the presence of the Lord, do not wait until the end of this service. Just stand and raise a hand and say, Lord, I'm ready for what you want to do in my life. I believe the healer is in the house today. I I believe he still has all power and authority under heaven and in earth. And I believe I'm in among some people who truly cherish his name and the transformation that that name makes. I'm certainly honored and blessed to be in New Brunswick this week. It's been a couple of years since I've had the privilege to do so, but great to be here this morning at Mission Point Church and honor your pastor. Uh, the grieving that he's in this week, continue to lift them up in, in prayer. Amen. When we think about our, uh, go ahead and put my PowerPoint up, it would be great. When we think about our world today, our world is in need of some major recalibration. Major recalibration. You dedicated a baby this morning. What a precious moment that was to see the little fella uh, brought up front here. But you are saying that the name which was called over that child will make his life different. Shape different, think different, emote differently, have a different set of values and purposes and designs than the surrounding world around us. And pastor this morning, I was able to catch a majority of the message uh, that he gave on being separate, our separation. And a piece of that is to realize he has called us to be normal disciples. We live in a world that thinks everything has to be extreme. Okay, it's not enough just to go downhill on skis. You've got to have somebody take you up in a helicopter and drop you off on a mountain that's never been skied before. If you haven't broken a few legs by the time you're 20, then you haven't been working hard enough. We live in a world that normal is eschewed, it's pushed aside, it has something that's wrong. Next slide, please. When we think about the word normal, we recognize that most of us are simply average. 
And here's the thing, nobody in our world wants to be considered average. Now, don't stare at me because I'm weird, but I don't want to be average. We live in that crazy world. Those of you that took Stats 101 know that this is the famous bell curve. If we took off all of our shoes and lined them up against the wall from the smallest to the largest, we would fit in this kind of bell curve, a majority in the middle. If you take ages, they'll line up with a majority in the middle. So much of life fits on this average. But I'm here to let you know this morning that serving Jesus takes you out of comparison to others, which is average, and puts us into the norm of being how he formed us. Okay, so I happened to drive a Ford F-150 pickup truck. I, I don't look for the most expensive oil to put in my truck. I want what the engineer says I need in the truck. I want to know what was designed for that vehicle. And this morning when we think about our lives in Jesus, we are not looking for extreme Christianity. We want the norm. We want what God has designed for us. Norm, one definition of that is conforming to the standard or the common type or the usual. So this morning I want to talk to us about being normal Christians. We want to be Christians designed the way He wants us to be. I believe this morning could be a normal worship service where someone receives the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. We just sung a little bit about we'll see miracles and we'll see healing. And I believe this could be a normal time when someone is touched by the presence of an almighty God. I believe this could be a normal time when someone came with a broken heart and they can meet the heart mender and be transformed. That's normal around here. That's normal. So when we think about the ways in which he has called us to be different, oftentimes we ask a question, am I normal? We, we want to consider, do I fit in around here? And the beauty of what I see here at, at Mission Point Church is you doors are open to whosoever will knowing that it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in this room, I believe there are probably some folks who were alcoholics in the past, but right now you've been healed in the name of Jesus. I believe that there may be even some who were in prison before, but you belong now in the presence of an Almighty God. He takes us from where we were and draws us into Himself. When we are baptized in His name, we say no to an old life and say yes to a new life. When we were in school, perhaps you too wondered on, am I normal? Do I fit in? Why do I feel so weird? Here's a norm. I'm not normal. I don't want to be. I don't pretend to be. I am me. So in other words, I don't want to be normal, but I want to be like everybody else. It's not normal. If you're going to join a motorcycle gang, you better know some information ahead of time. Is this a Harley group or is this a Japanese rocket group? Because if you drive your Japanese rocket you may be a biker, but the norm over here is you got to wear a certain kind of leather and you got to have a certain kind of bike and it better be very loud in a certain kind of way. Because we want to be different from everybody else, but when we get together, we're all exactly the same. 
See, the challenge is when we come to Jesus, I want to know, are you just an average Joe? Are you living in the average world? Or do you want to be set by the norm of the cross and an empty tomb, a resurrected Lord and and light of Pentecost? Which do you want to be? Do you want to go through life being average like them? Or do you want to say, Lord, I want your plan, your purpose, and your design for my life. My thesis for you this morning is that your best life is lived according to his norm and not your own understanding. Your best life is living for his design and not what you or I think may be best or what our world thinks is best. It's amazing to me whether you're looking at the smallest molecular makeup in a leaf or you're looking through a telescopic lens way out into space, whether you're pulled down to the smallest point of creation or the macro view of the universe, you will find the thumbprint of an almighty God on every single piece of it. God spoke and it was. And what a designer our God is and how beautiful it is. The miracle of this baby being here this morning is because of our creator God. And when he does something, he does it. Well, separated the heaven from the earth, and he said, that was good. He made light, he said, that's good. He, he put birds in the air and said, that's good. And then he put fish in the sea and said, that's good. And put beasts in the field and made male and female after his image, and he said, that's, that's very good. When our God does something, he does it extremely well. Someone needs to hear me this morning. God has a purpose and a design for your life. And the only way to experience his wellness, his healing, and his hope is to say, I reject average, and I only want what's normal for me, what's best for me by the designer. If our planet were a few thousand miles further from the sun, we would freeze. And if we were a few thousand miles closer to the sun, we would melt down. God knew exactly what he was doing. Here's this tragedy of it all. There are folks who do not want to believe there's a God so that they can be their own God. I don't want to accept God's norm because I want to determine what's right for me. Here's the irony of that. I was talking to someone the other day about an atheist friend who doesn't believe in a God, but he has to believe in aliens. Now, that's really really strange to me. The reason he has to believe in aliens is because i got to believe there's life on other planets. Because then I could believe it all happens by chance. So i got to keep looking for aliens. i got to find evidence of aliens. Let me tell you, in the house right now, there is evidence that our God's a healer. There is evidence that our God's a redeemer. There's an evidence that he takes us when we were weary and broken and he brings us back to life again. You don't need to look into the universe and say, can I find some other life form so I can deny there's a God. Instead, you can come to an altar this morning and say, I surrender to the one who has all of authority and all power and dominion. I want his norm for my life. Our text this morning is drawing from First John, excuse me, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 1 through 5. Jesus speaking in his farewell sermon. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser, the farmer. Every branch in me that bears not fruit He, the Father, takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, He 
purges it. Now notice, both of those get the knife, right? Either no productivity, the knife is going to cut off at the root, throw it onto a car, uh, cart and haul it away to be burnt. Or for those who are bearing fruit, we accept a purging touch from the Master today. I'll tell you which knife I want to experience. I want to experience His pruning knife so I can be closer to His image, the norm that He has set for me. I reject the quest to be like everyone else, and I accept the call to be what He has designed me to be. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Look at your neighbor and said, you better be fruity. You're going to bear some kind of fruit. I said you're going to produce some kind of fruit. The question is, are you going to produce average fruit by the world standards? That is where you have to defend yourself and fight for yourself and stick up for yourself. Or are you going to be normal fruit producer in Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him? Which fruit do you want? A fruit of anger and selfishness and pain and despair and no hope for tomorrow? Or you want normal fruit that comes from being in Christ? I invite you this morning to be normal Jesus said, I am the vine, you all are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him brings forth a bunch of fruity folk in the house here this morning. Producing much fruit. The only question is, is which fruit stand are you representing? Are you representing the fruit stand of the world? It's easy to be angry. It's easy to be self-centered. It's easy to be in despair. It's easy to be bored. It's easy to give up hope. When we choose to walk in a different form of fruit, we see Jesus changes things. When Jesus changed things, Scripture tells us that the world is led by power and authority. Power and authority. But with Jesus, it's not how big your desk is or a quarter window or do you get a huge paycheck or do everybody stand up when you enter the room? Instead, being in Jesus, you change from average to a new norm. Jesus served us. We will serve one another. Does anyone want to be normal here this morning? Serve like Jesus did. Jesus' word changes things. The world lives by this. Keep calm. Don't get mad. Get even. That's the way the world lives. They hit you, you smack them as hard as you can. And sadly, wars in our world today, not taking a political statement or choosing sides, but in our world today, there's no way to fight violence except for more violence. But I am so thankful that when we enter into a life in Jesus Christ, we can turn from violence and turn towards forgiveness. How do we do that? Because He has forgiven me. I'm wondering if this might be a worship pause right here. Is there anybody that can confess with me you have been forgiven very much? Oh Lord, 
You've forgiven me of so much. You, you washed my sins away. You've taken my iniquity away. I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for how much you have forgiven me. You see, Jesus' words change things. In the world in which Jesus lived, treasures were important, just like our world. When people ask you how much you're worth, they want a dollar number. When you die, how big a rock do they put on top of you? You see, if you don't have very much money, you get a little bitty rock. If you have a whole lot of money, they put a big rock on you because they don't want you to come back and take the toys away from them. So a great big rock to keep you down because in our world, things have value. Things have value. What have you acquired since last year? has value. Square footage in your home has value. There may be someone here this morning that lives in a home so large you have your own postal code just for you. There may be someone in this room that lives under a bridge in a cardboard box. Whether you're in a huge mansion or you live in a cardboard box, you live as a light to your world. If you're in a wealthy community, that community needs to know the name of Jesus Christ. If you are homeless this morning, maybe the Lord has you there to be a light in that world. For you see, He has sent us as salt and light. We value people more than things. In Jesus' world, there was a limitation of resources. Limitation of resources. You had to fight for things because there's only so much honor and a whole lot of shame and Jesus came. His word says there's wave after wave of grace. You see, he can bless you and his power is not depleted to bless your neighbor. And your power is not depleted to bless the sinner today in their home saying, if you are a God, would you bring me hope today? Would you send someone my way? He's blessing us in wonderful ways and he blesses whoever who calls on his name to know that step. There is no limitation to his power and strength today. In Jesus, it's a radical different view of tomorrow. Our world is afraid of tomorrow. What will inflation be like? Will there be jobs? Is there going to be another uh, series of forest fires next summer to burn up more of Canada like happened this summer? There's a fear of the future. What happens if the Middle East explodes some more? Are we going to have to have a celebration of a new Veterans Day because of more lives being lost there? A fear of tomorrow. But you and I know that there is faith and there is hope and there is love. There's a recognition that my tomorrow has already been set because my high priest took the anchor of my soul all the way behind the veil into eternity and he set an anchor there. I have hope today. Pastor Carter and his family are certainly grieving the loss of a family patriarch. But as Paul said, they don't grieve like other people do because we have a hope, a hope that goes into tomorrow. Our trajectory is not set by yesterday. Our trajectory is set by tomorrow. If you want to go someplace, your GPS never asks you where you were last month. Your GPS doesn't care. Your GPS just wants to know where you're headed. Now here's something I need to have someone understand today. You're stuck in an average world because you're leaning on the stuff that happened to you yesterday. And you're letting your yesterdays determine how you feel today. 
I'm asking you to put away average thinking this morning and take up normal thinking, which says, my hope is in Jesus Christ alone. It is already settled, and he is restoring all things. You have maybe suffered abuse yesterday, but there's a healer in the house today, and he has a purpose and a design for you. Jesus' words change things. John tells us here in this passage, we are washed We are washed by the water of the word. We are transformed. We are cleansed by the word which we have heard in Christ, transformed. So let's say, okay, if we're going to be a fruity people, Jim, uh, what kind of fruit should we bear? Well, Jesus tells us. Next slide, please. Verse 7 and 8. Here's the first fruity form. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, do you see the ifs? I said, do you see the conditional ifs? There's some people want to pray without abiding in Jesus. And they wonder why the prayer isn't answered. Some people want to worship Him and feel good, but they don't want to hang out in His Word and get their Word inside of them. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, I give you prayer authority that you can pray what you will because you're in me and my word's hanging out in you. And when you pray that way, it shall be done. And my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Ye are my disciples. In a few moments, I'm going to open this altar call with three sections, three sections The section over here is going to be the section of Mission Point Church that feels like God's calling them to a new dimension of prayer in the end of this year and going into next year. That you have a perception that God is inviting you to a deeper relationship where you can see the terrible things in this world and you can call on the name of Jesus. You believe your family can be transformed in the name of Jesus. You believe your city can be turned upside down for the gospel's sake in the name of Jesus. I believe Mission Point this morning is a church that's on the precipice of doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. But we've got to be a people who abide in Jesus and he abides in us. We're not going to preach out of an average thing of what is your need because your need is not the issue. The issue is what does he want for you. So this morning you may have come with a felt need. I feel despair. I need my despair fixed. No, that's average thinking. Normal thinking as I need. I need to know Jesus and I need His Word to be in me so I know how to think and I know how to pray. Brothers and sisters, the Master is calling us in this dimension today so that we can just ask. All you got to do is ask and you will produce much fruit. I believe that this is a season in which apostolic preaching and teaching is going to be followed with signs Miracles that the world might know that Jesus is real and true. Some of you may be old enough like me to remember a time that the way to witness was always to quote Scripture. And when we go into our world today and quote Scripture, they say, And why should I trust that book? There are lots of books. 
And look at all the churches that fight with each other and look at all the confusion. That means the book is not real. That was perhaps a way to witness in the last millennium and under modernity. But you and I are going to have to preach and live a word. And the Spirit of God is going to have to bring signs following. We're going to have to say, Lord, you are in me. I am in you and your word is in me. So I'm going to pray. And I anticipate miracles in November and December. I anticipate an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in 2024. I anticipate an influx of the lost in this hour. Because our world is filled with averages of pain and sorrow and difficulty, but we know the Prince of Peace and His name is? We know the Prince of Peace and His name is? And of His government there is no end. There is no end to His kingdom. So we're going to know how to pray. We're not going to be praying, Lord bless Canada. We're going to say, Lord bless your kingdom. In America, we're not going to be saying, God bless the USA. We're going to say, Lord, would you bless your kingdom? Would you let your kingdom flourish? Would you draw men and women to you? Would there be an opportunity for folks to experience Jesus the way I experience Jesus? Could you imagine going to work tomorrow and have an opportunity for someone to come to me and say, is your Jesus real? Now, if you're an average Christian, you're not going to be able to pray that night the way you're going to be able to pray if you're a normal Christian. An average prayer might be, Lord, fix their life, take away all their pain and all their suffering. That's average prayer. Normal prayer is, Lord, give them the courage to die to self so they can be alive in you. Do you see the difference? I encourage you to go home this afternoon or this week and look at your prayer list. How many of those things on your prayer list are average thinking And how many of them are normal thinking? If your prayer comes from the authority and power of the Word, then the Father's going to do it, and the Father's going to be glorified. Frankly, we do not want to be known as prayer warriors. We want our God to be known as a prayer answerer. We don't need to be known as a person with authority and power. Because I don't have power, but He has all power. We don't need to be known as the having all the answers because we know He is the way and He is the truth and He is the life. Brothers and sisters, I don't have to have all the answers. All i got to do is trust a God in a normal way. His power and authority is there. Fruitiness number one, asking. And he's, God is calling some of you at Mission Point Church today to take on a new dimension of prayer. Second form of fruitiness, we see it in the next verse. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now that's not average. Average thinking says if you love somebody, let them go like a butterfly. Ah, because you fall into love like a pothole. And then after a while, potholes get negative gravity, and they throw you back out of love, and you're out of love again. So if you love someone, just let them go like a butterfly, and they'll come back to you unless I hit them first with my pickup truck. Average thinking is you cannot command love. 
Average thinking is the heart wants what the heart wants, like Pastor was teaching this morning. Normal thinking is if I follow Jesus and His Word is in me, I'm going to love the way He does. If someone cares for me or not, I'm going to love them in return. And this kind of love is an act of love. You will abide in my Father's love even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. I'm wondering, are there parts of Mission Point Church this morning that are ready to live a life centered on the love of God? Centered on the love of God. Recognizing that God's love is unconditionally available. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's not His will that any should perish. That's, that's unconditionally available. But God's love is conditionally accessed. You have to surrender to His ways. Average thinking is there's no constraints on love. Normal thinking is that is not actually loving. Real love is I have a purpose and a design for your life. Why don't you follow me? I believe there are some folks in this room right now, the Spirit is calling you to actively love your neighbors in a way that you have not done before. This prayer group, you're praying, God, open my eyes to you and to the world so I know how to pray. This group is going to be praying, Lord, open my eyes to see some pain around me and show me what I can do about it. We are not going to sit in our recliners at home and say, oh, I just love everybody. Ooh, it feels so good to ooh, just love everybody. Get me another cup of coffee and I'll just sit here and think about how much I love my neighbors. That's not biblical love. Biblical love is finding someone in a ditch and pulling them out of the ditch. Biblical love is finding someone who is hungry and feeding them. Jesus put it this way. He says when he starts separating the nations, he doesn't ask if you spoke in tongues or not. He asks, did you feed me? Did you visit me? Did you give me clothes to wear? Now, I'm not speaking against preaching in tongues. I'm just telling you the judgment at the end is going to be more on how you lived out. It's not did you start, it's how did you live it out. We've put a whole lot of energy on how you start this way. Jesus is more concerned on how you live this way. You see, average thinking is I come to Jesus so I can go to heaven. Normal thinking is I put my spirit in you so you can be a witness to me in the world. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, Mission Point, as we look towards 2024, is there going to be some folks who say, Lord, I will stand in the place of pain and sorrow and brokenness, and you're going to give me resources to care for someone in my neighborhood. Fruitiness of loving your neighbor. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Those that don't bear fruit are cut down. Those who bear fruit are pruned up so that they can produce more fruit. Lord, I'm asking you on this November morning, would you prune some things away from me so I can pray normally, so I can pray in line with your word? Would you prune some things away from me so I can love normally, 
the way you've designed me to love, even loving those who spitefully use me and abuse me. Thirdly, we live in a world that's concerned about climate change, and I am as well. But I'm even more concerned about a world that is emotionally unwell. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. My joy is going to remain in you, till your joy might be full. This area over here is going to be about this emotional climate change thing. It's going to be a recognition that God is calling us to walk in joy and not fear. and Walk in hope and not despair. Walk in purpose and not some kind of boredom that says nothing can excite me anymore. There's going to be a determination that I have to set the emotional climate for my family and for my neighborhood and for my world. St. John needs some emotional climate changers in 2024. Not going to be controlled by every wind and everything that comes along. It's then controlled by the love of Jesus inside of them. Sister, would you sign to my brother over here? Is it okay if I touch you? Here's what the Lord is doing this morning. He's placing his hands on us. And he is saying, I am overjoyed with you. I find deep joy in your life. When I look at you, I see your care and love and service to me. When I look at you, I see you forsaking all other things and choosing to follow me. When I see you, I have deep joy. Would each of you, would you put your hand on your own cheek right now since I don't have that many digits? I pray right now in the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you receive the joy of the Lord right now. You may not have the capacity for joy in your own life, but if you can receive the joy of the Lord, pretty soon your joy will begin to flourish and well up inside of you. The Lord is overjoyed with you. He finds delight in you. Your life has such purpose and meaning. He has such hope in you because you are his son and you are his daughter. I want to know right now how many of you are willing to receive the joy of the Lord here on this Sunday morning. Lord, right now, right now, we receive your joy in our spirit. We receive a quietening in our mind. We receive a quietening in our emotion. We receive a hope for tomorrow, O Lord. And we receive your delight in, in me. You see, some of us may have lived in places where folks said you're no good and you will never amount to anything. Or perhaps you have experienced so much pain in your life. I know of men and women who were abused as children. 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, that abuse that was in them as a child still has a hold on them. This is not the Father's normal for you. It's average to say, I can never get over what someone did to me. But the norm says, He loves me more than I could ever ask for. He is overjoyed with my life. And my thoughts can bring Him joy. My actions can bring Him joy. My heart can bring Him joy. 
You might be asking this morning, how in the world could I pray like that? And how in the world could I love like that? And how in the world could I have joy like that? It's because Jesus chose you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go forth and that you should be very fruity. Your fruit should you remain. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.